never say hickory honey <laughs> ham again. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Hello, hello, hello. Do you feel that? Do you feel the <laughs> Christmas spirit? It's here, you guys. I am so freaking excited. It is like snowing outside my window right now. So I'm really feeling... You're really having a white Christmas. I, I truly am. I mean, Not my, as white as this movie, but close. True. I mean, few things are. <laughs> but I've literally had my tree up since November 2nd. I've been watching Christmas movies, like all of the trashy, terrible ones for the past month. And now I'm getting to like the the meat and potatoes, you know, like the real winners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The classics. Exactly. Exactly. I am just thrilled to put up some decorations. Yes. Make some mulled wine. Monica and I made some mulled wine the other day and it was so good. Yeah. I just love being cozy. Phil and I both ice skate. So we go ice skating. Yeah. Yeah. So lovely. We went to the holiday market. On oh the my day gosh. that it opened. Oh, yeah, because they're all open now. I'm going to the Toronto one uh, next week down at like – it's called Distillery District and there's like a huge Christmas market. Um, so I'm going to be there very soon. But oh, so fun. the energy is in the air, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited for the end of the month when um, – not the end, but like towards the end when the Monique Coleman <gasps> Carbon Blue yes. Christmas movie is released. I'm going to freak out. Maybe we'll do a live movie watch. Oh, my God. Is that possible? Because it's on Lifetime. I don't actually know if that's possible. Yeah, it might not be possible. We might just have to like imagine that we're all watching it together. Yeah. Or do it next year or something when it's streaming somewhere. But true. mark your calendars because it's coming. Yes. So this year, we are having our 25 days of Y2 Christmas yes. with a K. We're going to um, provide y'all with some TikToks, some Christmas movie roundup TikToks, some gift guides. Yes. Honestly, we have some really cute things in the gift guides picked out. And you know what? I, I just want to say there's like a lot of shipping stuff happening right now. So mm. if you can't, order an item in time for Christmas, just buy it for yourself. Yeah. Like later on or Honestly, a friend. Yeah, yeah. That sounds great. Um, and while you're buying stuff, if you have a friend in your life that loves Aquamarine, you can always shop our merch store. It's a perfect holiday gift. Mm-hmm. Had to give ourselves a little plug there, but definitely check it out. Link in our bio as per usual. Yeah. And some people just bought stickers yeah. and – I was like, yeah, like you don't have to spend like money on a shirt if you just mm-hmm. want like a sticker or like there's phone cases, little notebooks and stuff like that. Yeah. And we're going to try to add some like Y2K Christmas movie stuff. Yes. So definitely be on the lookout for an update about that. For sure. But yeah, we're very excited for this uh, upcoming month. We have chosen our lineup based on all of your votes on our Instagram mm-hmm. story and on Twitter. We took the movies that had the most uh, rec- recommendations people wrote in about, yeah. and that is our lineup. So we are starting off with one that I really wasn't expecting to be such like a fan favorite, but it was. <laughs> yeah, you guys love this movie, so we are very happy to cover it today. 
Today, we are covering the 2004 Christmas classic, Christmas with the Cranks. We got a little Tim Allen. We got a little Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. We got a little, um, what's her name from Freaky Friday and Cinderella and Story? the Cinderella Story. <laughs> Julie Gonzalo? I can fact check you. The first search in my Google results right now is Christmas with the Cranks ham. <laughs> um, Julie Gonzalo. Yes. We have Dana Aykroyd. Yes. Um, we have Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle. Yes, we do. Yeah, lots of people in this movie. It is – it's a good one. It's in my yearly rotation. I do watch it mm-hmm. every year. It's one of the ones that I save till December when I watch, like, the really good Christmas movies. It was definitely one that we watched a lot in my house growing up. It is just one of those movies that, like, is so funny. Mm-hmm. And I think the plot is really great, too. Yes. Like, the plot is – it's not your average Hallmark movie where it's, like – Woman comes to small town, yeah. <laughs> business bitch, turns into yeah. wife. Like Meets a blue-collar single dad and leaves behind the hustle and bustle of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this one has a, a very nice like self-contained plot. Um, it was actually based on the novel Skipping Christmas by John Grisham. And the screenplay was adapted by Chris Columbus, who also did like the Home Alone movies. He's done some of the Harry Potter movies. And it was directed by Joe Roth. And it did okay in the box office. I think that more of its popularity came from after yeah. its initial release. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a 60 mil budget. And then they made 96.6 in the box office. Um, so it ranked third behind National Treasure in the weekend that it opened. Oh, and The Incredibles. Yeah. Which one was first? National Treasure? Yeah, National probably. Treasure was first. Nicholas Cage. Um. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into it, shall we talk about our reviews for today? Oh, absolutely. Our first review today, we'll just jump right in. Uh, it's from Annie. You are doing a law internship. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, Miss Elwoods. Yeah, exactly. So we had to give you Work It by Missy Elliott because you are working it on a daily basis. And I picture in this montage, you like wake up in the morning, right? You like stretch, you you look at your planner, you're like, check, check, check. You go to class, you're taking notes rigorously. You go to the library, you study up. Maybe you're like, I'm eating my salad and I'm also <laughs> going over my flashcards. And you're just like acing, you're, you get this as this other uh, montage ends, you get your test back, A plus. Mm. You just nod your head, you're like, yeah. Hell yeah. I made that happen. I love that. I love that. Next up, we have a review from Kathleen. Thank you so much for your DM. Since you are an elementary school teacher, one of the hardest jobs maybe in the world, sending you so much love and support, and I salute you. Mm-hmm. So for this montage, we've chosen the song See Ya by Atomic Kitten. And I see this montage as like it's a Saturday morning. You wake up, the sun is streaming through your windows. But when you wake up, you feel just, like, super energized. You don't feel, like, groggy or exhausted or anything. Yeah. You, like, make your way into your kitchen. You make yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a tea. You're playing this song. You're just, like, dancing around in your pajamas. Maybe you make some toast or you, like, toast up a bagel. You make yourself some eggs. You have a little fruit on the side. And you just get to, like, sit in your 
lovely home and enjoy this like beautiful breakfast and this moment alone on your Saturday. You're making me feel all cozy right now. That's the goal. That's the dream. Our next review is for Emily. We did decide to give you Metamorphosis by Hilary Duff, you know, a classic 2000s girl. This album is very dear to my heart. Yeah. And so I hope that you really like this album as well. Maybe in this montage, you are going through changes in your life for the better. And you, Mm. um, maybe you're like doing some winter cleaning. You're like out with the old, in with the new. I am transforming and I am growing. And you take out all this stuff. Maybe you like go to drop some stuff off at Goodwill and you're just like, looking around your room and you're like, yeah, feeling strong, powerful. Oh, I love it. I love it. Kind of like I'm thinking about um, to all the boys I've loved before when she cleans her room finally. I love that. That's her room is like top 10, like movie bedroom. So pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan. And last but not least, we have a review from Shannon. Thank you so much for your review and for your DM. Uh, You give us a lot to work with. And um, because you, you know, you're fairly recently betrothed to the rom-com Man of Your Dreams. Congratulations. Yes. So we had to go with something that very much had a rom-com vibe. And I guess this is like a very, these last two ones are very Hilary Duff central because we went with Best Day of My Life Mm -hmm. by Jesse McCartney featured in a Cinderella story when she walks down the stairs to meet Austin Ames. Yes. So inspired by... A Cinderella story. I do think that you and your husband are going to like a very fancy event. Like maybe it's like a work event or like a gala or something. And you have, yeah, you've put on this like amazing outfit, whether it's like a nice dress or it's like a really cool pantsuit or just like something that makes you feel really like confident and beautiful and yourself. And you walk out and your husband's just like, oh my God, like, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and you guys go to this party together and you just have like this amazing time you get to chat with all these people and you have that moment when like you both are talking to other people but then you like see each other from across the room and just like share a little smile a little nod Um, and then you you know just like dance the night away Uh, beautiful well thank you so much everybody for the reviews we love getting to read them it like truly makes our day Mm -hmm. and like we really appreciate all the support of the pod uh that you guys have shown us this year as we're like wrapping up 2021 yes and we have just so much we're so grateful and then we also have so many awesome ideas for next year yes like we just want to take the pod to the next level per huge and surpass all of your expectations to make something even better than what we've made so far yeah so we're Ah, just really excited feeling so sentimental on this sunday morning but shall we get into it yeah let's talk about it i'm aaron and i'll believe just about anything you tell me and i'm megan and i won't believe a damn thing you say unless maybe it's a sasquatch so my theory is so simple sasquatch (laughs) because I don't believe in ghosts. However, Sasquatch 100% is on the table. Join us while we read listener stories of spooky things that happened. Or so they say. 
and when he opened them, the woman was still standing in the doorway. They're supposed to go away when you open yes. your eyes. Yes, you close your eyes, and then you open, and then they're gone. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer will at least make you laugh, so tell us your stories, and one of us is sure to believe. And most likely, we'll both mispronounce your word. Karen Goo, here's a word, here's a word. Oh, no. Oh, is no. this a typo? We can this is a word never, I've never heard of. Get before. away with it. Never. I know. I really thought I hadn't read this in a while. H A R A N G U E. Karen Goo. I'm going to need to see it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning so many words. <laughs> so, we open up to the image of Jamie Lee Curtis and Tim Allen as. Nora and Luther Crank sitting in their bed, looking very somber, just contemplating the day ahead. Unfortunately, they are dropping off their daughter to um, a Peruvian rainforest. Mm-hmm. They're bringing her to the airport. She's leaving on Thanksgiving Day. It's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Right, or the day after Thanksgiving. The Sunday okay. after, yeah, because he's like, busiest travel day of the year. Mm-hmm. She's leaving right after they've just celebrated Thanksgiving, and Nora is having a conniption. She is so sad (laughs) that her daughter is leaving and just can't keep it together. In the car, she asks Blair um, if she's going to be okay in the Peruvian jungle, and Alan's like, this is the Peace Corps. They wouldn't put her somewhere dangerous. Luther? (laughs) Alan? (laughs) Oh. For a lot of this, I literally put Alan instead of Luther because I was just like, this is Jamie and Alan. Come on. But yeah, so so Luther is like, you know what? It's the Peace Corps. They wouldn't send her anywhere dangerous. And Nora's just like, Christmas won't be the same without you. Yeah. So they're driving home. Basically, Nora is talking about how she needs like white chocolate. She's making some dessert for like a charity thing. She's like, you got to go to chips to get me like white chocolate and pistachios. And Luther's like, okay, yeah, but it's fucking pouring rain outside and they do not have an umbrella. He's like, it's going to have to wait till tomorrow. And she's like, well, I I need the stuff. So she's about to go out to the rain, but he's like, no, no, I got it. I got it. He's like, I got it. I got it, I got it. (laughs) So he runs in. As he's on his way into the grocery store, there's a Santa outside selling umbrellas. He's like, no, no, it's fine. Um, Runs inside, gets the stuff, comes back out, goes into the car, like completely drenched. And Nora is like teared, teared up. She's a little teary-eyed because Blair has just called her from the plane. And I'm like, girl, (laughs) it's been an hour. And Luther is literally like, (laughs) Do you know how much it costs to call from a plane? <laughs> I'm just like, you can't be away from your parents for an hour. I'm worried about you. I'm worried about you, Blair. So basically, Luther, you know, complains about the price of the phone call and he hands Nora the bag and she's looking through it. She's like, you didn't get any white chocolate. He's like, oh, they didn't have any. And she's like, well, did you ask Rex? Rex is the butcher. And <laughs> Luther's like, no, I did not ask the butcher where the white chocolate is. She's like, well, I still need it. So he goes back out into the rain. Santa once again offers him an umbrella. He says no, gets the chocolate, and comes back out. And Santa's like, I really think you could use an umbrella. And he's like, you know why I don't need an umbrella? Because I couldn't possibly get any. The entire awning (laughs) breaks and falls on him, completely soaking him. And he's like, wetter. So Luther's not having a good time. No. But he does then see a travel agency 
LOL dated that has like <laughs> a an ad for like a luxury cruise line. A little carnival cruise action. Yes. It shows like a man and a woman on the beach in like swimsuits just having a great time. And he's like, mm, an idea is forming. Yes. So the next day he goes into the office and all of the employees are like, hello, Luther. Like, hey, da da da. And he just immediately goes into his office and starts cranking on the good old calculator, this like mm. old fashioned one that has like basically the receipt paper yeah. in it. And he is looking at these like tiny little paper receipts with his glasses. He's like, type, 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 And he comes up with the number $6,132. So that night at dinner, Luther and Nora are having dinner, just the two empty nesters. And Nora's like, oh, Christmas will be so different without Blair here for the first time in 23 years. So you can tell it's like a pretty big tradition. Yeah. Their house is decked out. Nora's wearing her Christmas vest. Side note, I really want a vest like that. I want one so badly after watching this movie. I'm like, it's so kitschy and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. And Luther is like, uh, people get so depressed at Christmas. Nora's like, yeah, I wish I could just forget about the whole thing. And Luther's like, well, <laughs> well, well, well. And Nora's like, que paso? Like, why are you looking at me like this? And then he's just like, wait here, wait here. So Nora, thinking that it is a frisky little moment, a tete-a-tete, downs her wine she unbuttons her vest like drinks luther's wine yeah and he comes back in in a hawaiian shirt with this boom box and sunglasses <laughs> and he like starts dancing around and nora's so excited she's like oh luther like it's not even saturday and he's like i have a great idea and he starts like moving the plates off of the table <laughs> Oh my god, it's so good. And Nora's like, oh, shut the curtains as she's like unbuttoning her pants. <laughs> and he's like laying out all these like papers and brochures on the table. Oh my gosh. So she turns around. He's like, what are you doing? Like button up, sit down. <laughs> and <laughs> this poor woman. So basically he's like, okay, I crunched the numbers. This is how much money we spent on Christmas last year. And then shows her the brochure for this, like, 10-day luxury cruise, like, lays out all the activities. Like, they go snorkeling and they go to the beach, like, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. What's the catch? And he's like, well, we would have to skip Christmas. She's like, what? And he's like, yeah, we save the money. Spend it on us. Like, spend it on a cruise for a change. And she's like, I don't know. Like, how much would this even cost? And it's $3,000, so it's half of what they normally they spend. save money. She's like, well, color be fucking interested. <laughs> so she's like, well, we could still do like our charitable donations to like the church and to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, no, it's a total boycott. She's like, it's $600. And he's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's either we're in or we're out, which makes no sense to me, but whatever. So she's like, okay, well, then no deal. Not doing it. Mm -hmm. So that night they're in bed and Luther is like, are you really going to let $600 stand in the way of us in this cruise? And Nora's like, no, you are. Mm -hmm. So Luther gives in and says that he will match last year's contributions and not a penny more. And Nora's like, 
all right, I'm in and like pounces on him. And he's like, whoa, it's not even Saturday. Yeah, I love this through line of like, they only have sex on Saturday night. That is like the designated evening of the week, even though they're empty nesters. Yeah. And Nora's just like such a joy. Like you oh, can yeah. tell that everyone in the community loves her. Oh, totally. She's so sweet. Yeah. We were, before we got on mic, we were just raving about uh, how much we love Jamie Lee Curtis in general, but like in this movie, mm-hmm. she's so fucking good. She just took the performance to a next level. Like she made so many tiny character choices mm-hmm. that make Nora Nora. Totally. So the next day, Luther goes into work and writes up this little letter to all of his colleagues, basically explaining that this year he will not be celebrating Christmas, he will not be buying or accepting gifts, he will not be at the black tie Christmas dinner or the office party. He's like, "Wow, I won't bah humbug at anyone who wishes me a Merry Christmas. I am simply skipping Christmas. So the next day, Nora passes by these shops in, like, I'm assuming downtown, and one of them is a card store, and she looks in the window and, like, sees these beautiful cards on display. And Abby, the, I'm assuming, owner of the card store, comes out to see her, and he's like, Mrs. Crank, I'm really worried about your Christmas cards. Like, you always pick out the most beautiful cards. You should really put your order in. And she's like, oh, like, Abby, thank you, but, you know— well, we won't be buying any Christmas cards this year. And Abby is just stunned. He's mm. shook. He's like, you won't want. And she's like, you heard me. I'm late for lunch. Gotta go. Gotta blast. <laughs> See ya. So Nora goes to her lunch with her friends. And um, you might know one of them as the aunt from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And you may know the other one as what's her face from Desperate Housewives. All I know, it's Felicity so Hoffman, true. but I don't remember her character's name. Um, Mary. Oh, in this, her name is Mary. Oh, yeah. But yeah, they're, you know, planning the, like, charity auction, and that's when Abby mm-hmm. comes over to be like, oh, Mrs. Crank, like, we forgot to talk about your Christmas Eve party invitations. And she's like, we won't be having a party this year. Then Abby, like, fully puts her on blast and is like, she's not ordering Christmas cards either. And I'm like... <laughs> and walks away. <laughs> yeah, like, let's dial it back. And basically her friends are like, what are you talking about? What do you mean there's no party? And she's like, we're not doing this, you know, Christmas this year. We're skipping it. And they're like, how can you just skip Christmas? Like, what are we supposed to do Christmas Eve? Making it all about them. Selfish. Yeah. And Nora's like, well, there are plenty of other parties. And Felicity Husband's like, well, none like yours. And Nora's basically like, you know, Luther and I are leaving for this cruise Christmas Day. Luther got this really great deal. And Felicity Huffman is like, oh, well, then you can still have the party anyways. And Nora's like, no, like, we don't want to. We're just going this, like, one year, no Christmas whatsoever. And then we pan to, like, the entire restaurant, which is just, like, in silence staring at poor Nora Crank. They're not happy. No. So back home, Luther gets back, and um, there are some Christmas tree salesman it's like a, a scout troop like yeah. a boy scout troop yeah. and they're like hey mr crank like we're selling trees again um we got this like great big fern for you and he's like uh how much is that and the kids are like it's 90 dollars. sorry we had to go up a little bit this year he's like we are not buying a tree and Nora's like oh my gosh she's like <laughs> 
jets into the house. Like, she doesn't want to be a part of this. Yeah. And the kids are like, sorry, we had to go up on the price. <laughs> and the scoutmaster's like, you know, we're, we're making less per tree this year. And Luther's like, it's not about the price. We're just, he's immediately pissed off, which I'm like, yeah. okay, they're talking to children. Yeah. <laughs> but he immediately gets upset and he's like, it's not about the price. We're just not doing Christmas this year. And the scoutmaster like tips the tree forward and just drags it back to the truck. Yeah. So inside the house, Nora calls Luther over to the window. They're like hiding behind the curtains and they're watching um, like the the scout tree sales children and people talking to Vic Frohmeyer. Mm-hmm. And uh, – you know, he's basically like the – I think she calls him the unelected ward boss of the street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, played by Dan Aykroyd. And, you know, Nora's definitely very, like, intimidated by him. And Luther's like, oh, who's he going to call to tell on us? Which is like a Ghostbusters reference that I never – fully never picked up on before. Oh, I guess you're right. It's like, who's he going to call? <laughs> but he's like, oh, he's gonna, who's he going to call? The three wise men, Santa. And she's like – I wouldn't underestimate him. Like, you should have just bought the tree and left it in our backyard. But it's, like, fully a pride thing for Luther at this point. Oh, yeah. So outside, um, Vic Frohmeyer, the Kringus neighbor, is informed that Luther stiffed these poor scouts on a Christmas tree. And he, like, slowly turns <laughs> to look at the Kringus house before he nods to Spike. So that night while Luther is putting out his recycling, he, you know, sees all of his neighbors putting up their their lights, all of their decorations. And Vic Frohmeyer comes up to Luther and he's like, oh, you know, everybody's been talking about how much they're going to miss Blair this year. How's she doing? And Luther's like, oh, yeah, she's good. How's your family doing? And Vic's like, oh, doing good. Just putting up decorations. You know, it's the greatest time of year. And Luther's like, <laughs> yeah, it won't be the same without Blair. And they watch, like, one of their neighbors get electrocuted um, by his Christmas lights and fall off a ladder. Yeah, I think it's, like, the Beckers or something. They're very clumsy. Yeah, I think it's Ned and his wife, yeah. And um, Vic basically asks Luther if they're really skipping Christmas. You know, it doesn't really seem right. And all the neighbors are pretty upset because Christmas is, like, a really big deal on this street, apparently. They take it very seriously. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, everybody decorates, everybody bakes, swaps gifts. I guess we do it for the kids. <laughs> and Luther's like, I would really appreciate it if everybody stopped trying to, you know, make me feel guilty and would just respect my wishes. And Vic's like, whatever you say. And as he walks away, he's like, the weather's pretty clear tomorrow. It's the perfect time to put up Frosty. The next morning, Nora comes up to Luther and tells him that Frosty is a Christmas tradition, but Luther's like, I will not be forced into doing this and just goes off to work. He ends up stepping on the neighbor's cat, which becomes a theme throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Like this cat is always on their front lawn. And this group of kids who's walking by like screams in horror. <laughs> they really start like framing Luther as the Grinch at this point in the movie. Yeah. And... He, like, tells Walt to put his cat on a leash, and Walt's like, leashes are for dogs. So, you think you can skip out on Christmas? And then Bev, um, Walt's wife, comes over with Muffles, the cat, and she's, like, telling the cat to be polite and asks Luther if they can ever be friends. I can't tell if she's talking about Luther and the cat or Luther and Walt. 
I think probably both. Yeah. Luther's like, I would like to say yes, but, and the cat just hisses directly at him. <laughs> and he asks Bev how she's doing because it's implied that she's having like some health difficulties. And she says that she has good days and bad days, but fortunately today is a good day. So she leaves and Luther tries to get into his car to go to work. And Walt is like, oh, you're still working for the man? And he's like, yes, in fact, it is a man I work for. And he's like, oh, I thought they would have made you partner by now, old man. And like Luther is steam just rising from his head. Mm -hmm. And he's like, just a little, a, a snowball with a, a yellow dot just skimming right above his head. And like imagines throwing a snowball at him. Oh, my gosh. So Luther goes into work, uh, everybody immediately shooting daggers at him. They're like, oh, hello, Mr. Scrooge, bah humbug. And his assistant's like, oh, yeah, Santa called. I guess I have to get my own cheap uh, perfume from Walmart this year <laughs> because someone will be buying it for me. It's pretty pretty brutal. Rough. Yeah. So back at home, Vic comes to the house and tells Nora that they are here for Frosty. And Nora calls Luther. She's like, they're here. Like, they're here for Frosty. And Luther's like, well, they can't have him. And the, these people are just, like, calling out to Nora, like, just tell us where he yeah. is. We'll put him up for you. <laughs> the mob and mentality in this neighborhood is insane. insane. <laughs> and Nora's like... Like, we don't even have to do anything. They say that they'll, like, put him up for us. And he's like, no, like, no, Frosty. And she's like, well, um, where is Frosty? And he says that he's behind the furnace. And she's like, they won't go away. Luther says no. And the mob ends up leaving. They're like, okay, we'll come back later. So Nora is freaking out <laughs> under the covers of her bed. And Luther tries to calm her down. But she's like, you know, it's easy for you to say these things from the safety of your office. And says that she's the one trapped here dealing with this. So he's like, okay, just leave. And she's like, how am I supposed to get out? The neighbors are blocking the street. And he's like, just get in the car. Go to the garage, get in the car, and just drive over to the mall. I'll meet you at O'Leary's. Yeah, so Nora bundles up in like 16 layers, gets in her car, starts driving down the street. She is, of course, like immediately spotted by these very nosy neighbors. And mm -hmm. Vic Frohmeyer is like running up beside her car, holding onto her window, being like, just tell us where Frosty is. Like, we can talk about this, Nora. Like, stop the car. And she's like freaking out. So she just keeps driving and he's like all up in her face. So she just like rolls up the window and like he has to let go before his fingers are literally chopped off <laughs> by the window. But his gloves are like hanging in there. In Nora's defense, like... <laughs> If a man was like, oh, absolutely, holding onto my car, I'd be freaking out. Yeah, if some like guy is holding onto my car, screaming at me about fucking Frosty, I am like speeding away, <laughs> and I'm leaving him in the dust, and I don't care what happens to him because that is terrifying. Yeah, but because the gloves get stuck in the window, she then like turns over and just sees these like two gloves hanging like <laughs> chopped off hands and she screams. And that's when you remember, oh yes, 
Jamie Lee Curtis is a scream queen. Exactly. Yeah. So she arrives at O'Leary's and the first image is her just downing this beer. And she's yeah. like, Luther, I am the one stuck at home. Like the woman is the one who deals with Christmas and I am dealing with all the consequences of your scheme. She's right though. Women do really have to like bear oh, yeah. the moms brunt of it. On. Yeah. Moms have to do like everything. Like, mm-hmm. oh, bake sale at school gotta bake oh Mm -hmm. christmas things gotta do that like it's always all these like tasks yeah she's just like i am the one on the front lines (laughs) and luther's like okay i have a surprise for you and pulls out this like itsy bitsy bikini top and she's like uh what and like takes it from him like it's clearly too small for her yeah like it's just so tiny. It's like covering like a, t- a small triangle. Yeah. And um, then Luther's like, ah, I got one for myself too. And like pulls out the bottoms and she's like, you're wearing a woman's bikini or something. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, no, no. And then pulls out a Speedo. Mm-hmm. And Nora's like, okay, there's no way that we are wearing these on the cruise. And he's like, no, it's not for the cruise. I never noticed it, but the the bathing suit and the Speedo are the same one in the – it's the same as the ones in the ad for the cruise. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Love that callback. Yes. So they're, like, walking through the mall, and there's this one conversation that, like, I – it must be improv because it's, like, so random and out of place. But they're walking down the escalator, and he's like, mm-hmm. I think it's always weird when an Irish pub serves fish tacos. And I got a little heartburn, and I don't think I'm going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Tim – okay, no matter how you feel about Tim Allen's actions, mm-hmm. he is, like, so funny in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he is, for sure. Yeah, that conversation has stuck with me for years. Like, I don't know why. And I don't think I'm going to do that again. <laughs> They're probably like, just vamp before you get to the tanning salon. Yeah. So Just they, riff, riff on it. Yeah. Yeah, th- that's it. That's the stuff. <laughs> so they go to, like, the tanning salon, and Luther introduces her to the receptionist, who he, like, knows by name at this point. And, Daisy. Yeah. And like, Nora's like – Hi, Daisy. <laughs> Nora's like, I don't want to do this. Like, isn't the whole point of going on a cruise? I also, do you get the vibe that like when um, Luther comes in and Daisy's like, hi, Mr. Crank. And he's like, hi, Daisy, this is my wife, Nora. And she's like, hi, like almost like she's mad <laughs> yeah. that he's married. Yeah. That's the vibe I got. There's definitely a little bit of like flirtatious energy there. Yeah. That is very weird to me. <laughs> But yeah, Nora's like, isn't the whole point of going on a cruise to get a tan? And he's like, I mean, look at us. We look like uncooked chicken. And the reception's like, yeah, you look like a corpse. (laughs) (laughs) Her delivery is so good. Yeah. Then she just looks at Nora and she's like, and you could use some help too. Fucking brutal. (laughs) (laughs) You look like a corpse. So they go tanning. Nora has her tiny goggles on, her itsy bitsy bikini, and she's like, "Dear God, this should be outlawed." And honestly, I think it might might be a little. I don't know if like tanning beds can really exist like that anymore. Are they allowed everywhere still? I assume. So. Are they not allowed? Is, was there like? I guess like. I mean, I know that they're cancer causing. Yeah, they're ca- they're causing cancer left yeah. and right. Yeah. Um. 
Maybe that's just what I'm thinking of. I think that they're just probably not popular anymore. Like, I don't think they're outlawed or, like, anything like that. I think that people just don't do that anymore. People will go for, like, a spray tan instead. Yeah. Yeah. So Nora um, climbs into her tanning bed. She tries to, like, relax. And then this man walks in on her. Yeah. And he's like, (laughs) like, he's... Just not even able to be like, yeah. oh, my apologies, leave. Like, he's, like, freaking shook right now. So Nora tries to get up, hits her head on the roof of this tanning bed, and is, like, bleeding from her forehead. Yeah. So she goes to the front desk, and, like, Daisy has headphones yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, excuse me, can I get a Band-Aid? And who should call out to Nora but the pastor, Father Zabriskie. And she's like, Father Zabriskie, what are you doing here? And he's like, it's a mall, Nora. It's a mall. (laughs) And she just like tries to cover herself with this like small towel. Like it's so uncomfortable. And she's, he's like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, this is just a scratch. And he's like, I heard that um, you weren't celebrating Christmas this year. And Nora can't even say like bring herself to say this she's like "Mm, uh, well yes yeah she's like everything is completely fine everything is totally normal i think at one point also she like turns to daisy and she's like excuse me can i get a towel and daisy's like i'm looking for a band-aid make up your mind lady i'm like whoa (laughs) this girl But Luther then comes out in his Speedo to, like, check on Nora. He's like, oh, I heard you hit your head. And, you know, everybody just has to stare at Nora and Luther looking a Uh, hot mess. Luther looks hilarious in his Speedo. Yeah. (laughs) And he's so tan. It's, like, (laughs) way too much. So later on, Luther sees that he and Nora have made the front page of their local paper. Nora's like, what? And like looks at this paper. She reads the, the article um, about how they aren't decorating and that they're going on a cruise. And it's like the photo of them outside of the tanning place. Like someone has taken their photo in their bikinis. Yeah. Who's who's out here being like, got to get the shot? <laughs> Like, who's reporting right now? Like, what are you doing? So Nora reads this article and it says, The home of Mr. and Mrs. Luther Crank is rather dark this Christmas. While their neighbors on Hemlock Street are decorating and preparing for Santa, the Cranks are skipping Christmas. They're preparing for a cruise according to unnamed sources. No tree, no lights, and no Frosty up on the roof. And the only house on Hemlock to keep Frosty in the basement. Hemlock, a frequent winner in the Gazette Street Decoration Contest, finished a disappointing sixth this year. I hope they're satisfied now, complained one unidentified neighbor. A rotten display of selfishness, <laughs> said another. Nora is pissed. Yeah. She is so upset, calls them a bunch of losers, and she goes to like brush her teeth in the bathroom. She's like, you know what? I don't know if I'm coming back for this cruise. <laughs> and Luther's like very satisfied that Nora is also up in arms about this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, just two more days. One thing that I never really understood is like, okay, I get it if you don't want to spend the money, but like you already have all the decorations. Yeah, just put up the decorations. Yeah, like it doesn't cost you anything. Like why are you making this such a 
pride. Maybe I'm just like not as prideful of a person that I'm just like, I don't see what the big deal is. But yeah. yeah. But alas. So the next day, Nora is volunteering at like a Salvation Army like soup kitchen. Like soup kitchen. Thing. Yeah. And um, that's when one of her friends, Candy, comes up and she's like crying and she's like, guys, it's Bev Shiel. She just went for her latest scan and it turns out that her cancer is back and it's spread. Basically, she's like, you know, this could be her last Christmas. So very sad. Yeah, really, really like devastating. Yeah. Because Bev is seen, like she's just super sweet in all of these scenes. Like, Oh, yeah. Never arguing. Like people are just like, how are you, Bev? And Bev is so sweet. Yeah. Bev, spoiler alert. I cried at watching this movie because of Bev Aww. when I watched this time. And I've never cried watching this movie before. But I think because I was just like actually was paying attention. Yeah. 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 I was just looking at her. I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. She's a sweet woman. Because I'm like, like, basically the thing is like her cancer came back. So I'm like, she's probably doing like chemo and like yeah. experiencing pain and yeah. having to take like, are you drinking out of a pitcher? <laughs> I look over and this girl has her hand on like a literal like we're in a restaurant and they're like more water, sir. I am drinking out of a pitcher. So there's this bar that my roommate and I go to and you can get like personal mini pitchers. Like that's how you can get their drinks. Um, So I'll get like a whole pitcher of like a Moscow mule and like drink it myself. And we wanted to like recreate the experience at home. And we were at the dollar <laughs> store and they had the exact same pictures. So no we way. now have them. And I use it to drink water out of when I'm working. So I have to like run back and forth to the kitchen. I just have like this huge pitcher of water. So yeah, that's what I'm drinking out of currently. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyways. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> you rob a Denny's or something? Like what's going on? I have to post a photo of it on uh, on our story so that listeners have a visual. Um. Anyways, uh, you you may continue. <laughs> you may continue. Sorry, sorry. So yes, so yeah. Just Beth is super sweet. She's not involved mm. in any of this like back and forth between Walt um, and Luther. Yeah. Like she's just a peaceful and she woman. doesn't ever like make any comments or anything about them skipping Christmas. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so back at home, Luther comes up to Walt and Walt calls him Scrooge and he like confronts him about this picture of his house in the paper. And he's like, how did the photographer get a photo of my house? And Walt's like, well, I did let him on the roof to take a photo. And Luther's like, why would you do that? And he's like, oh, well, he just said he wanted a, a picture of the neighborhood. And Luther's just like, well, at least you're consistent. And like, Walt calls him old man again and Luther stops in his tracks. He's like, stop calling me old man. You are 10 years older than me. And Walt's like, oh yeah, prove it. This man is like old, like <laughs> yeah. no tea, no shade. He has white hair. Yeah. He's wrinkles. Like he is clearly older yeah. than this man who, whose 23 year old daughter <laughs> yeah. like just graduated from college. Yeah. Probably. Like Luther's probably what? Like mid fifties, mid to late fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Walt is like 70s. 70s. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So Nora comes up and is just like, how is Bev? And Walt's like, she's in remarkably good spirits. And Nora's like, if there is anything that we can do, just let us know. Because having just heard this news about Bev, she's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you must be going through so much yeah. like emotionally. 
And Luther's just like being a total jerk to him. Yeah, says nothing. The man, the man, uh, has a severe lack of uh, empathy. I would say. Yeah, for sure. So later that night, Nora and Luther are making dinner together when their doorbell rings, and Luther goes to answer it, and it's the popo. It's the <gasps> cops. I think that the guy is like one of the people from Cheech and Chong. Does that resonate? I've with never, you? I've never seen Cheech and Chong, so I couldn't tell you. Oh yeah, it totally is. They're just like a comedy duo. Stoner humor is that yeah, what it is? Precisely. Okay. Yes. But yeah, it's it's the cops. Luther's like, "What can I do for you, officers?" And they're like, "Well, it's that time of year again. We are selling charity calendars to raise money. You know, toys for tots, ice skating for handicapped mm-hmm. kids, delivering presents to nursing homes, and of course, supporting the war vets." And uh, they show the calendar, which is like all pictures of like the tall blonde cop. <laughs> guy like he's like the eye candy of the force or whatever so funny um and luther's like actually uh we're not going to be needing a calendar this year and nora is horrified basically the cops go across the street to walt's house and tell them what happened and walt's like uh you know that's just so nasty and mean Mm -hmm. and buys (laughs) a calendar from them and they're like well thank you for your contribution so this woman talks to Walt, who's from St. Maria's, whole four by four full of carolers in the back. I'm like, you must be freezing. And she's like, are those folks home? And he's like, yeah, they are. And she's like, well, are they Jewish or Buddhist or something? And Walt's like, no, they're just avoiding Christmas so they can go on a cruise. And the woman is like, oh my God. (laughs) And Walt says some Christmas cheer would just do them good. And that woman is like, say no more. So the carolers. (laughs) Done and done. (laughs) Yeah. The carolers all pile out of the car and head over to the cranks and just go full on sicko mode. This does make me wonder, like, is there. So this is a fully Christian neighborhood. Like literally. Right. Every single person on this street must be Christian. Yeah. That's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. It's like a gated community. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Nora and Luther are, you know, eating their dinner when these carolers start singing outside. And so Luther, like, fucking jumps from the table and drags Nora down to the floor with him. And they start, like, sneaking around the house to, like, avoid the windows so nobody sees them. I'm like, your lights are on. Like, mm-hmm. What are you doing? But Nora says she, like, kind of likes it. She's like, oh, I feel like I'm in a spy movie. Yeah, she's like, this is fun, as they're, like, crawling around on the ground. And they make it to, like, the window where they're hiding behind the curtains. And Luther's like, they're trespassing. Like, someone set us up. And she's like, they're not trespassing. They're carolers. And then she, like, makes a joke. She's like, oh, what are you going to do? Have them arrested? He's like, yeah, I might just do that. She's like, oh, yeah? Call your friends down at the police department. (laughs) Not too late to buy a calendar. <laughs> Meanwhile, the whole neighborhood has joined the carolers, like Vic Frohmeyer, his kids, his wife. It is a barrage. Yeah. Like, they're trying to, like, smoke them out right now. Yeah. It's getting, like, faster and louder and higher. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's like, uh, what song is this? Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just so intense. And it finally ends. And Nora's like, ah, uh, like, 
finally silence, and she's winding this ball of yarn and just finishes. So she looks in her basket for the next ball and looks up into the window and the carolers are smack right outside her window (laughs) singing Frosty the Snowman. She like screams and Luther pulls her down into the basement and they like sit on this little bench and he's just like, we can wait them out here. And Nora looks up to see Frosty with the eyes, like the black eyes of the snowman. It's like like blazing fires (laughs) and she is just freaked out. Oh my gosh. So then we get this great montage of basically like Luther versus the neighborhood. Vic from Meyer's son, Spike, a.k.a. Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle, (laughs) puts up a free Frosty sign in their front yard. Some of these kids walk by Nora and they're like, Merry Christmas, Mrs. Crank. We see Luther spraying his sidewalk with a hose. Also sprays, you know, Muffles, Walt's cat. And literally almost kills their mailman and the carolers because they slip on this like giant fucking icy pond he now has on his front, uh, what's that called? Walkway? The walkway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So Nora rushes out to help them, falls over, slides across the ice, and then sees Muffles the cat is literally frozen, stuck to the ground, just like full icicles. Yeah, she's not pleased. No. The next thing we see, total tone shift. Um, Nora is in the hospital reading a story to a group of kids um, in the children's ward. And Luther walks in with like, He's wearing a white suit. I hate it. I hate everything (laughs) about it. (laughs) And he like looks in the mirror and Nora notices like something off, but we really don't know. Yeah. And then we go to the the hospital cafeteria (laughs) and Luther's face looks fucking insane. I think they like purposely tried to make him look like the Grinch. Oh, yeah. 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 Which I didn't pick up until I watched it this time. Yeah, the eyebrows are really something. Mm -hmm. But basically, he's like, yeah, I got a Botox injection. I read about it in a health magazine. (laughs) Insane. Yeah. Um, And she's just, like, horrified looking at her husband. He's like, yeah, like, this, it's, you know, the frozenness is temporary. And then, like, all my wrinkles are gone. Meanwhile, he's trying to eat this fruit cup. Man cannot chew to save his fucking life. Like, shit is just dribbling out. He has no control over his jaw whatsoever. And Nora's just like, I can't live like this. (laughs) Everywhere we go, people are whispering about us behind our backs. I can't go home because it's too depressing. And, like, there's no tree and no lights and music. It is depressing without decorations. Yeah. Especially, like, if you're a Christmas person, like mm-hmm. myself. like And Nora clearly is. Like, she has yeah. her fast. She has her whole thing. Yeah. It's like, if this is your time of year, like, for me personally, like, Halloween into Christmas is, like, really my time where I thrive. I get very, like, festive and into it. And when you don't have that joy to, like, hold on to, mm-hmm. what do you have? Like, what do you have? Just nothing. Let the, fucking nothing. Let the woman put up her fucking tree and some lights, goddammit. But... Yeah, and she's like, you know, and I can't talk to you about it because you're so consumed with yourself. Yeah, and he says that's not true, and she reminds him that he turned their lawn into an ice rink. And Luther is, like, poking his face with the plastic utensils, and he's just like, I can't feel a damn thing. (laughs) 
which again, very funny bit. Um, yeah. But she says that he could have hurt someone and he's like, you know what? It's hard right now, but in one day we are going to be on our trip. Everything will be better. So the next day, um, Nora is packing up for the trip and Luther asks if Blair will even think about Christmas. And he's like, no, no, like probably not in the rainforest. Those people worship trees. And I'm like, this is like a whole other thing that's wrong yeah. with you. But I digress. Mm-hmm. So Luther comes out of the washroom and he's in his Hawaiian shirt and they get a call um, from Spike asking to free Frosty. <laughs> and Nora's like, how many calls has that been today? And he's like, this is the fifth or sixth one. So Luther is like, I wish I had a snappy comeback. And I can't remember who says that, but someone's like, the islands are calling. Oh, yeah, because they're like making out. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like getting like frisky again. Maybe it's a Saturday. Um, and, <laughs> and they get this other call from Spike again, just like free Frosty, free Frosty. And then they get a third call and Luther answers it and just immediately goes, Frosty's dead. <laughs> and Blair's like, dad, is that you? And he's like, oh, Blair, I, I thought this was uh, someone from work. It's a joke. And Luther tells Nora it's Blair. She runs to Blair's old room and picks up the phone. Luther is like, your mom and I have something to tell you. And <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Blair is like, I am in Miami. I am with Enrique, my friend from Brown. He's a doctor. And she tells them that they met a couple of times at like her dorm and at graduation. And Nora's like, Oh, of course. And Luther's like, I don't remember him. And Blair's like, um, he's Peruvian. And L- Luther is like, to the two of them. <laughs> oh my gosh. And Luther says, as an aside, oh, great. He's a communist to Nora. <laughs> oh like, my gosh. <laughs> so Blair's like, you know, sometimes we would call him Rick. And Luther is like, oh, Rick, the guy that you went down there to shack up with. <laughs> And she's like, we lived in separate huts, dad. And he's like, yeah, hut schmutt. And she's basically like, yeah, like we've known each other for years, but just like working together here, we fell in love. And he asked me to marry him and I really want to. Unbelievable. Let's let's take a look at a calendar here, right? So Blair leaves Sunday after Thanksgiving. So that's probably what, like November 20th? 28th. 7th, 28th. Yeah, 27th. It is now Christmas Eve. One so, month, friends. Yeah, less than one month. And she's like, yep, let's this get married. This is the guy for me. <laughs> I mean, I guess they've known each other for a couple of years yeah. in college. That's but true. like, bada bing, bada boom. It's like, yeah. Too I'm like, quick. marriage? You can just date. You're 23. Like, you can just date. I guess date. that's how they did it in 2004. Oh, I guess he is older, too, if he's a doctor. Oh, if he was in, yeah. So he would have been actually quite a bit older than her because he's probably, like, almost 30. Yeah, I guess if you did four years of college, you're 22, four years of med school, 26. So, like, 27, maybe. And then, depending on whether or not he's, like, done his residency or if, like, he's doing his residency Mm -hmm. in Peru. I wonder how much they pay you when you're doing your residency. I don't Sorry, think it's very related. 
<laughs> Any doctors uh, in the house, please let, let us, us know. Let us know. Hit us up. Yeah. Um, my understanding from Grey's Anatomy is that you don't get paid very well when you're an intern, at least. Like, as, as it goes up, you know, you make more money, but. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, so Mm -hmm. Blair is basically like, yeah, Enrique has always gone home for Christmas, so he's never had, like, an American Christmas before, and he's really excited. And she told him all about the decorations and Frosty and their Christmas Eve party. And she's like, you know, he's never seen a white Christmas. Is it snowing? And Luther's like, yeah, I sense a storm coming. (laughs) So Nora's like, so when do you land? It's at 8 o'clock tonight. Oh, my gosh. Just in time for their big Christmas Eve party. You're still having it, right? Luther looks at Nora. Nora is just like, of course we are. Of course we're having the party. So Blair's like, amazing. Like, I'm so excited. You're going to love Enrique. And like, mom, he wants a house full of kids. And Nora's like, oh, my God. And she's like, I can't wait to be home. And they say goodbye. Nora snaps into action. She's like, all right, we got to get the fucking shit at the grocery store let me get my vest on like pulls out the vest (laughs) from the closet and she's like you have to get the tree put up frosty we're throwing this freaking party we're having cheese and wine and blair's favorite hickory honey ham um luther's in charge of the tree he has to put up frosty and she says we are going to have a christmas miracle if we pull it off blair is never going to know about your stupid ridiculous childish scheme of (laughs) skipping christmas oh my gosh there's this one line that i really love where when he's like well what about the trip and she's like oh don't even fucking talk to me about the trip that was your stupid idea and he was like what just happened like a minute ago i was a genius and she's like well now you're an idiot (laughs) (laughs) just like moves on (laughs) it's so good so luther you know has his directions he drives down to the the tree salesman boy scouts accidentally runs over this like old dried up tiny little tree and he's like oh sorry about that old raisin tree (laughs) yeah he's like hey so remember that beautiful blue spruce tree you brought me like a couple weeks ago i need one just like that what do you have left and the guy pulls up the tiny little tree that luther has just run over and is like this one and luther's like great i'll take it how much and the guy totally price gouges him he sells it to him for 70 dollars. so good for him So Luther puts the tree on the top of his car and drives home. And when he gets back, all of the leaves have fallen off of the tree. Yeah. It is like totally (laughs) barren. And he just yanks it off the roof of his car and chucks it in the yard. He's like, (laughs) and yeah, basically back at square one. So he sees Wes across the street packing up to go in his car to visit the in-laws and he comes over and he's like, hey, Wes, like, how you doing? Wes is like, you know, we were supposed to leave two hours ago. And Luther explains the whole situation with Blair, how she's coming. And he, I'm pretty sure Wes, like, cackles. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, you really fucked yourself. And so he's like, but what I was thinking is, could I borrow your Christmas tree means you're not going to be here this Christmas Eve and you won't be back until after Christmas Day. And Wes is like, 
No. <laughs> like, you're are you joking. <laughs> He, like, he just says that his wife would never, she'd freak out. Luther's like, you know what, Trish? We'll never have to know. Meanwhile, Trish comes out. She's like, hi, Luther. And she's like, hi, Trish. And Wes is like, oh, you know, Luther was just stopping by to say hi and happy Christmas. And he does end up giving Luther his key and is like, okay, if you break one ornament, we're both dead. So... Luther then spots Spike and his pals yelling, free, Frosty, free, Frosty, outside the crank house. And when they see Luther walk up, they're like, everyone fucking scatter. And they like bolt down the street. <laughs> but Luther's like, wait, Spike, like, stop. I want to talk to you. And he ends up like tackling this child down to the ground. And he's like, listen, I'm not going to hurt you, but you do owe me and I need your help. So Spike does help. He brings his wagon and they go into Wes's house and start taking the delicate ornaments off of the tree. And Luther's like, Spike, do not break anything. Meanwhile, their neighbor Ned spots Luther in Wes's house. And he's like, this man has lost his damn mind. <laughs> and Spike smashes this ornament that says baby's first Christmas. And Luther's like, oh, yeah, they'll never notice that. Like, perfect. So Walt gets a call from Ned telling him about how Luther is stealing Wes's Christmas tree. Meanwhile, we go back to Nora Crank. She is at the grocery store and she goes up to this guy and she's like, excuse me, do you know where I can find a ham, a hickory honey ham? <laughs> and he's like, yes, if there are any left, they're down that aisle. And there's this like old lady, very obviously eavesdropping. and Very aggressive. Yeah. They both, you know, start walking down the aisles and they can see that there's only one ham left in the distance and they both are just like eyeing each other and they start speed walking until they're literally like running through this grocery store trying to get this ham. Nora ends up falling onto like this other cart that is like going by and she crashes into this huge like chocolate <sighs> display. I think it's like a Milano cookie display or something. Yeah, something like that. And um, the old lady ends up getting the last hickory honey ham and she's like, Merry Christmas and walks Ass. away. Yeah. So shitty. I think Nora could have smoked her if that woman didn't push the cart. Yes. Yeah. She had the lead for sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Nora's feeling pretty defeated. She's about to leave the grocery store when she walks by one of, like, the checkouts and sees a hickory honey ham about to be scanned. And she runs up and she's like, oh, my God, and, like, starts grabbing the ham and, like, kissing it. And she's like, can I buy your ham? And it's this, like, couple with a baby. And they're like, what? <laughs> and she's like, you don't understand. Like, this is my daughter's favorite. And, like, she's coming home for Christmas. And, like... I gotta have it. And they're like, no. And she's like, but she's in the Peace Corps. And they're like, lady, I don't, I don't know to what tell to tell you. you. <laughs> yeah. And she offers to pay above sticker price, but they're just like, no, we're not interested. So then Nora turns to the wife who's holding this baby and she's like, you know, pulls out her checkbook <laughs> and says, it's never too early to start thinking about putting away a little something for your child's college education and like clicks her little pen. <laughs> it's like a great little flourish. It's so good. Yeah. Back at home, Luther is still trying to steal this Christmas tree. <laughs> so Spike and Luther do manage to get the tree on the wagon. They pull it all the way across the street back to their house and a cop car appears with the officers who were initially trying to sell Luther the calendar a couple days ago. And they're like, what are you doing? 
and he's like, oh, me and Spike are bringing the Christmas tree to my house. Spike has disappeared. <laughs> he is nowhere to be found. Yeah. And the cops are like, who? He's like, Spike, Spike, the guy was just, and looks around the trees like, who is like no longer here? Yeah. And the cops are like, is this your imaginary friend? <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the store, Nora has got her ham. She is strolling through the parking lot. She, like, almost gets run over by this car, which, like, misses her, luckily. And then she, like, bumps into somebody. This woman has, like, been – she's, like, whipping around her ham. She's dangling <laughs> yeah. it in this thin-ass plastic bag. Yeah. And, of course, the bag breaks and the ham mm-hmm. starts a rolling down the parking lot rocking and rolling (laughs) so she's chasing this ham as it's rolling down this parking lot which is on a hill apparently and um finally catches up to the ham and it lands in the street and she is about to grab it when this fucking semi (laughs) like speeding down the street comes up and fucking crushes it. The scene, maybe this could be a TikTok, but like literally the scene, the jump cut is like dumb as hell, but it's like <laughs> the ham in the street. Nora trying to get the ham. We see like, <laughs> like the, the semi coming forward. Yeah. And then the next shot is like a close up of Nora like about to grab the hand but she like jumps back and like yeah. the, the semi she's like vroom, vroom, right over <laughs> the ham fucking crushed to smithereens i just love the the image of her jumping back as the semi runs oh, over yeah. the ham <laughs> it's so good and then she just like stares at the smushed remains of this ham and starts banging her hands on the ground and is screaming like no no it is perfection it is like maybe one of my favorite moments in cinema maybe ever because it is (laughs) so good (laughs) my favorite moment in cinema the honey (laughs) the hickory honey ham moment like it is it has stuck with me for so many years i like can visualize it so perfectly jamie lee curtis is phenomenal i've never never seen someone so invested in a hickory honey ham like you would think that there was a death in the family there there was and it was that ham yeah exactly (laughs) so back at uh the good old cul-de-sac the cops have arrested luther and tell him that he should have bought a calendar and i'm like cops are corrupt um exactly (laughs) (laughs) divisive statement but then Spike comes up to the cruiser window and he's like, hey, if Luther says that he got permission from his neighbor, like he's telling the truth, here are the keys. Wes agreed to give him the tree and they do end up letting Luther go and he thanks Spike and they bring the tree home. Yeah, so Luther has, you know, put this tree up in the house. It's looking a hot mess. A hot mess. Yeah. That's when Nora busts in and she's like, I called everyone we know. Nobody's coming. They already have other plans. So we got to start inviting the neighbors. And Luther is like over my dead fucking body before I invite these people to my house. <laughs> um, he, I think he actually just says over my dead body, but you know, had to embellish it. Yeah. It's editorializing, sweetie. Yes. So Nora then sees the disaster of a tree and is like, whose ornaments are these? Like, what the fuck is this tree? And Luther looks in Nora's grocery bags and is like, 
mm, smoked trout. <laughs> she's like, he's like, what happened f- to the hickory honey ham? And she's like, never say hickory honey <laughs> ham again. <laughs> so good. So Blair then calls from her layover in Atlanta, and Nora's like, oh yeah, we're just busy cooking away over here, getting ready for the party. And she's like, oh yes, of course I'm making caramel uh, or caramel, caramel? Caramel, caramel. Is that how Americans say it? Caramel cream pie. I feel like Americans say caramel, but everywhere else we say caramel. I think I say caramel. Yeah. Caramel. It sounds foreign to me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, She's making caramel cream pie, like your favorite. Be there to pick you up at the airport at 8. Bye. (laughs) So Nora hangs up and she's like, okay, it's 4.30. I need two pounds of caramel and a jar of marshmallow cream. The liquor store closes at (laughs) 5. Two pounds? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is so much. She's like, the liquor store closes at 5 and they're holding a case of Pinot for me. And Luther's like, oh, yeah, a case of Pinot for the four of us. And she's like, don't fucking start with me. (laughs) Yeah. So she's like, you're going to go put up Frosty and you're going to call all the neighbors and invite them to the party. So Nora goes to the liquor store and she is picking up some extra bottles of things when this man approaches her and she's like, oh, Nora, how are you? And she's like, I am well. I'm well. How how are you? (laughs) And he's like, oh, good, good. And just like asks her what she's doing. And she's like, oh, I'm picking up some last minute things. And he's like, oh, yeah, for the Christmas party. Right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. And she's like, I think he says, like, oh, how is Blair doing? Or, like, Blair is... Well, she, yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, my daughter's coming home from South America. And he's like, oh, Blair, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the man knows too many details <laughs> yeah. for Nora not to know his name. Yeah. And he just keeps kind of lingering. And eventually Nora's like would you like to come to the Christmas party? He's like, oh, me? And she's like, oh, yeah, just drop in. And he's like, okay, like, you're on Hemlock, right? And she's like, yep. And tells him the address. (laughs) And he's like, okay, what time? And she's like, 8.30. And he's just like, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. And he walks off and Nora's like, who are are you? you? Not a clue. so good meanwhile fucking luther is struggling to get frosty up on this roof frosty's in a freaking noose out here (laughs) and it's huge this thing is what like six feet tall minimum that can't be like up to code like i'm like no (laughs) how do people i actually maybe it's just because i'll take a closer look but I don't know if this is like a New England thing or what, because we have sloped roofs because of snow. Mm. I'm yeah. like, I've never seen decorations on people's roofs. Like, it just seems like it would yeah. be incredibly hard to fix. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how, like the 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 physics of how it stays up there. Like, are they attaching it to the chimney? But also, like, they the roof, like. It has a point. Yeah. Like, is there, like, what is Frosty sitting on? Like, is there, like, a divot inside to, like, I have accommodate? No idea. Yeah. I I'm don't very know. confused by this. If, if anybody, if this happens in anybody's neighborhood and people put Frosties on yeah, the roof. Yeah, please let us know. How do you put Frosty on the roof? Yeah. The only thing I could think of is that 
it would be like a blow up thing that you could yeah. fix, but like a hard shell frosty? No. It doesn't make sense to me. Like my brain can't like compute it. <laughs> it doesn't seem feasible. But, you know, basically he's trying to put this frosty up by himself. That's when Vic Frohmeyer sees and like brings his kids over and they all go watch and they're like, can we give you a hand? And he's like, no, I got it. And I'm like, what is your just let these people fucking help you. But, you know, Luther is struggling. He almost falls off the roof and they're like, watch your balance. But he like gets a hold of Frosty. But Frosty is like, it's right on the edge. It's tipping back it's and on the forth. For sure. Um, and of course, Frosty falls, Luther falls. Frosty fucking smashes into smithereens on the ground. He said kablooey. Exactly. But luckily, Luther made a fucking noose for Frosty, which like caught his leg so he doesn't fall straight onto his head. So everyone rushes over to like help Luther out. And Walt's like, I called an ambulance. And Luther's like, thank you. And he's like, yeah, Bev made me. (laughs) And... Vic tries to like help him up. Nora pulls up to the house and she's like, what's going on? And Luther's like, yeah, it was a suicide attempt. Apparently I misread the instructions. (laughs) The firefighter. It's so good. The firefighters roll up. I have never noticed it until this watch, but one of the firefighters gets fucking decked in the head with a ladder when they're pulling it out and they, it makes a sound too. So like, they fully had a fully a foley artist yeah make a sound effect for this firefighter getting hit in the head by this ladder but basically they cut the rope nobody is holding luther and he falls on his ass yes yes he does so then the cops show up all the neighbors have come over to see what's going on luther finally reveals what's going on listen Blair is coming home for the holidays. And I think everyone at that point like cheers to like, oh, Blair, Blair. Mm -hmm. And Vic is like, "Um, okay, when does she get in? And they're like 8.30 or sorry, 8. And he steps up and gets like stands up (laughs) on this ambulance and is like, yeah, okay. We're about to have a Christmas homecoming party for Blair. Drop what you're doing and pitch in. And he's like, do you guys have any food? And they're like, smoked trout? And everyone's (laughs) like, oh. (laughs) And he's like, okay, does anyone here have some turkeys? Any turkeys? And I think the Beckers are like, we have two in the oven. And Vic's like, okay, bring them over. All right. He's giving out instructions to people. And then someone's like, hey, why should we do this for him? And then we pan over to Mike, who plays like the publicist on Veep. And he's like, yeah, why should we do this for him? And I'm like, you're an extra in this? Who let you? And Vic is like, you know, regardless how you feel about Luther, a lot of you have mixed feelings about him, but we are a community. The people in a community stick together, even if one of them has been behaving for most of the holiday season like a spoiled, selfish little baby. We are not doing this for him. We're doing this for Blair. Blair, who used to babysit all your kids. Blair, who comes home every summer and makes us all feel like family. Why should the daughter pay for the (laughs) sins of the father? (laughs) 
And he's like, now, if we even have a hope of pulling this off, you got to scatter, grab a change of clothes and all the food you can and get over here in half an hour. So everyone scatters and it's decided that the cops will pick up Blair and Enrique at the airport. This is like, <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's so fascinating to me, like American suburban life, because it's like so different to like anything that I ever grew up in. Like this type yeah. of community is just like so interesting to me. And I mean, we'll probably talk about this a little bit later, but what this movie is, I feel like mostly about is like peer pressure. I definitely, well, we can, yeah, we can contemplate this more at the end. I will say like, there is a lot of negativity at the beginning of the movie, Mm -hmm. but I think that at the end of the day, everyone has good intentions. Yeah. Yeah. But I do just in regards to like American community, Mm -hmm. like stuff like that. As I've, like, gotten older, I do realize, like, I'm, like, oh, like, my parents are, like, friends with people on our street or, like, they mm. know the people who, like, live around them and stuff. But especially, like, like the street that Phil lives in because it's, mm. like, smaller. Like, I live on more of a main street. But – um, and his mom is also, like, super involved in the community and yeah. just, like, they are – super entwined like she knows their neighbor and like he has a Mm -hmm. suit business and like they'll get their suits from him and like there's another neighbor that has like a bunch of wood in his backyard so in this summer like they'll get wood from them and like there's this other neighbor that has kids and she like hangs out with the kid like just so Mm -hmm. much stuff like you're so intertwined and I think that's like such a big reason of why she stayed where she grew up because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you have all these people that you like have grown to know and love and like. Right. And I do think that's like a really cool concept. Mm-hmm. Maybe not something that I need in my life, but it, it is like when you live in that community and you have these like traditions and stuff, it's like, oh, fuck, like you're ingrained in something. Whereas in New York, it's just so not like that at all. From like an outsider perspective, I feel like because uh, like obviously there's the the sense of community is very different in like um western culture compared to like when i was living in asia i think just because in general in western culture as a whole like looking at america specific specifically it's uh, a very like individualistic culture but community is more so in these like smaller groups. It's not like community as a whole with like the whole country. It's more these like yeah, localized I see what you're saying there. type of thing. Whereas I feel like in Asia, it's more just like a general overarching sense like of community. So like culturally, it's just very different. So like seeing people this involved in each other's lives in this like very small like space like just in a street is like very foreign to me but it's interesting and it also is something that I feel like you have to actually like cultivate like if you're Mm -hmm. a recluse like you're not automatically going to be involved in the community um but I also do think that like like living in New York now being like older I'm like Mm -hmm. oh I would love to go to like town hall I would love to go to you can volunteer with like the ecology center, like shit like that, where I'm like, especially like the East village where I go outside and, or whatever, lower East side, I go outside and it's like, Oh, the farmer's markets right here. Oh, Mm -hmm. like Elizabeth park. There's like this campaign to like help save Elizabeth park from being Mm -hmm. like bought and turned into like 
condos essentially yeah and so like those things that you start interacting with on a daily basis you're like oh i'm living here like i'm not just like a transplant like this is my home Mm -hmm. i should like be more involved with making this like a better place for everyone essentially totally yeah i think it's uh especially in a in a big city like new york and, and i feel similarly here about toronto too um it's very easy to isolate yourself with like you know if you went to like we went to NYU, it's very easy to only like oh, yeah. be friends with people from NYU because like everybody lives there. But I think yeah. it's really important to invest in the community that you're living in and like broaden your horizons and like give back because then you'll you'll get out of it what you put into it. So definitely agree. Yeah. Everybody get involved in get your communities involved. this holiday season. Yes. And all the seasons, really. Yes, definitely. So Everybody gets into gear, putting plan into action. They put up Frosty. It starts to snow. Very magical. All the neighbors start showing up. Abby from the card shop. Luther's assistant is there. Father Zaberski. Like, they're all decorating the crank house together. Mm-hmm. And then Blair ends up calling the house and she's like, yeah, my plane landed 55 minutes early. And everyone's like, Blair, holy fucking shit. <laughs> so they like go into overdrive and Vic is like, I have an idea and whispers to Spike who like runs off. So at the airport, Blair and Enrique get off the plane. They look for her parents, but Blair's like, I don't see them anywhere. And then they notice the officers holding up signs. One has Blair and the other has N, like E-N dash Reeky, R-E-E-K-Y. Oh, I think it's, I think it's literally the letter N dot Reeky. Oh, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Something ridiculous. And she goes over and she's like, wow, I'm impressed. Like a police escort. My father must have been really generous with his donation this year. And they just tell her that she has no idea. (laughs) Um, So they get into the car and Spike radios the officers while they're at the airport. And he's like, you have to stall. We're not ready. Yeah. Then they all get into the car. Meanwhile, back at the crank house, the old man from the liquor store comes in with a hickory honey ham. <sighs> um, Luther has no idea who he is. The man goes over to Father Zaberski and is like, hey, Father Zaberski, it's so good to see you. And the guy's like, I have no fucking idea who that is. <laughs> the man is a stranger to all. So back with the police car, um, they are driving just incredibly slow. And he's like, yeah, you know, the snow is out here. Just don't want to get into any accidents. Yeah. Then back at home, Luther goes up to Nora and he's like, hey, who is that guy? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, I talked to everybody. Nobody knows who he is. And she's like, well, he knows them. I don't know what to tell you. You know, Vic Frohmeyer and the crew, they're putting the final touches on the Christmas lights outside. They plug in the final string and it blows the fuse for the entire neighborhood. It all goes dark. All the power is done. So Luther and Vic go and check out the fuse box. And Luther's like, do you know anyone at Con Ed? And Vic Vic is like, yeah. I think they call it like Com Ed, like C-O-M. Oh, do they? Oh <laughs> yeah, my gosh. Yeah, just a- <laughs> For, I'm assuming, copyright purposes. Probably, yeah. Cut to the cop car again, and Spike radios in, and he's like, this is Officer Frohmeyer here. 
Um, mm-hmm. We need some more time. And the blonde cop is like, what? And the other cop is like, um, they said crime. Crime, they said. <laughs> and says that there's a possible domestic disturbance so that they better go check it out. Meanwhile, back at home, they're trying to, the calm Ed guy is trying to <laughs> restart the power. Um, finally, he just hits it with a hammer and all the lights come back on. Incredible. And Nora's like, oh my God, Blair's going to be here any minute. Luther, we got to go upstairs. We got to do something about your tan and we got to change. So the cops are still stalling. They go to this random alley and like knock on the door, get their flashlights. One of the the tall blonde cop is like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my take my gun out so it looks like I'm doing something. <laughs> and they walk over just to pretend pretending like they're investigating Mm -hmm. so they end up hearing a window smash and there is an actual break-in yeah the short cop is like i don't want to investigate this like we have a party to go to and the blonde cop is like yeah like we can't ignore this so they see this burglar with a dvd player and he starts to run off and the blonde cop goes after him he runs up the fire escape but smacks his head on the railing and the burglar is about to get away when the blonde cop runs after him and tackles him right by the cruiser and blair just like sees this man's face stuck on the window and she starts screaming (laughs) Poor Enrique, like, comes to America just for, like, a nice little, you know, wholesome family Christmas. Nice little Christmas. <laughs> and fucking guy's head smash against the windshield. But meanwhile, back at the crank house, uh, Nora and Luther are in the bathroom, and she's put, like, white powder all over his face to try and make him look less tan. He just looks at himself in the mirror and goes, I look like my mother, and she's been dead, what, 15 years? <laughs> So obviously not really working, but she ends up making him put on like this black turtleneck because it'll make his skin look lighter. And she's like, just so we're clear, Blair is to never, ever know about the cruise. And he's like, yeah, I got it. The first 50 times you said it. So Blair eventually rolls up with the police, but Ned is still on the roof putting up Frosty. So Vic is just like, oh no, hide. (laughs) Nora and Luther are watching like from their bedroom and he's like, what do we do if we don't like him? And she's like, oh, it's going to be great. Like, of course we'll like him and rushes downstairs. Blair is greeted by everybody, welcomed into the house and Nora like hugs her. They reunite. They say hello to Enrique and um, yeah, just like welcome them into the party. Meanwhile, Spike is talking to the burglar and the burglar's like, you know, I haven't eaten in seven days. And Spike is like, seven days? And he's like, I just did this because I wanted my kids to have a Christmas. And he's like, okay, like ends up letting this man go. Yeah. So that he can like, he's like, okay, you have 20 minutes to get inside, you know, just warm up, get some food um, and then back to the, the cop car. Sure. And the robber comes inside and immediately goes upstairs. Yeah. Just immediately. Meanwhile, in the kitchen, Enrique starts talking to Marty. Finally, we got a name. Yeah. Um, And Luther's like, Houston, we have a name. (laughs) Turns out this man has lived in Peru for five years, speaks Spanish. Yeah. Starts talking to Enrique. Enrique is like, oh, um, would you mind just excusing me for one moment? Like, I'm just going to talk to Marty. And everyone is like, what the fuck? Yeah. 
oh yeah blair's like who is that and they're like marty everyone knows marty yeah yeah (laughs) so enrique and marty end up performing a song in spanish yeah and it's like quite beautiful all these people from the community are playing instruments vic is on the accordion yeah and Enrique makes this lovely toast to his new family and friends for making him feel so welcome. Also, Enrique is so cute. We like did not really touch on that. He's so cute and like seems like such a nice from a nice young man. Like has great manners, like very lovely. Maybe moves a little bit quick in relationships, but You know. I'm like a house full of kids. What? Yeah. <laughs> but like go off, King, I guess, mm-hmm. if you're on the same page. Yeah. But yeah, so he makes this lovely toast. And then Nora's like looking at Luther. We're looking around. Like it's typical for the the dad to say something after a nice mm-hmm. toast like that. And so instead, Nora has to take the reins and just goes like Yes, like, thank you all for making this the most wonderful Christmas Eve ever and showing us the true meaning of community. Everyone keeps looking at Luther like this man is not saying shit. So finally he goes, and the same goes for me, double. And (sighs) it's so awkward. Oh, my God. If that was my husband. I'd be furious. I would be committing murder. Like, I would be livid. If my husband behaved that way. Yeah. Like a spoiled brat. Yeah. So Vic diverts everyone's attention and starts playing like some party tunes on the accordion. Yeah. Everyone starts dancing and promptly moves on from that uh, awkward moment. So Luther then goes to the kitchen to like drink champagne and sulk by himself. And Nora comes in and is like, that's seriously the best you could do. After all these people have done, you couldn't just come up with a simple thank you. And he's like, I did. I kept it short and sweet. And she's like, you're still moping because you don't get to go on your precious little cruise. And he's like, oh, we could still go. You know, Enrique and Blair can have the whole house to themselves. And we go on our cruise. Everybody gets a romantic getaway. And she's like, your daughter just flew thousands of miles with her very sweet future husband to spend Christmas with us. Like, get your head out of your ass. Yeah. And he's just like, well, I've spent longer planning this vacation than they have been dating. That's true. And she's like, yeah, he's not wrong. But also, like, he's being a brat. Yeah. And um, Nora's like, you know, everyone sacrificed their Christmas Eve to help us. I thought that might, you know, make you start thinking about putting others first instead of yourself for a change. But I don't think that's possible. It's a shame. Oh. Yeah. So she walks out and Luther then looks uh, across away and sees that Bev and Walt are having dinner alone and then he looks over at the hickory honey ham just a quick aside I'm confused why the ham is there because when Enrique and Blair are getting food yeah I was she's also like oh you this. have to try the hickory honey ham so I'm like now y'all got two y'all got two yeah. hickory honey hams I assume it's like one of the other neighbors had a, an extra hickory honey ham mm-hmm. so now they have two um, but yeah I was also like, did they not already start out earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Also, just another question. So that – because I've never seen like ham in a case like that before. Oh, that's real. Is it pre-cooked? What what is this So you would just take it out and you would warm it up in the oven. Okay. And you would serve it. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's fully cooked. Mm -hmm. Okay. We haven't had one of those in (laughs) – 
so long. Like the last time I yeah. remember eating that, I was like a kid. Yeah. I've just, I've never experienced um, ham really, in that form. Really, you're not missing out. Yeah. But it's like similar, totally different flavors of pork and like styles, but it's like mm-hmm. spam. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Luther decides to leave the house with the ham and he hears his name as he's like walking in the front yard just like luther and he looks around like up to frosty and he just dumps the champagne because he thinks he's drunk (laughs) yeah and then he goes across the street rings the bell and walt answers and luther's like how are you doing and he says um that bev is having a good day they were going to go see blair but then it started snowing and walt asks how the boyfriend is Luther says he's actually a very nice young man. And then Bev comes over to the door to say hello. She asks Luther how he is after falling off of his roof. And Luther is just like, "Um, you know, Nora wanted me to bring this ham to you. And I think like Walt says he's allergic and Bev doesn't really eat meat. Yeah. But Luther's like, you know what? This is mostly just salt and fat and like not ham so he hands it over to them and just walks back to the house and he looks in through the window at his family then back at walt and bev and ends up walking back over to them and asking if he can come in for a minute so walt and bev let him inside and he says that blair is staying with them for the next 10 days and they aren't taking their cruise And they would really like them to have it instead. It leaves at noon tomorrow and it'll be a 10-day cruise in the Caribbean. And they're just like, "Um, you know, like, I don't know about all that. Like, we have some stuff to do. He's, Walt's like, I have like a deal coming in. And Bev is like, you know, I don't know if my doctor would say it's okay. Mm -hmm. And Luther's just like, you know, we didn't get travel insurance So if you don't take it, this whole package is going to go to waste. They just like are coming up with all these excuses. They're like, we cannot accept this, et cetera, et cetera. They can't leave the cat. And Luther's like, this is a gift from us to you. This is sincere and heartfelt. There are no strings attached. We're just offering to very selfless people who are having a very difficult moment like this vacation. And you're looking for an excuse to say no. And he gives them all the brochures and tickets and Walt offers to reimburse Luther, but he says it's just a simple gift, no cost or payback. And he's like, our names aren't even on the tickets. And (laughs) Luther's like, I will take care of that. Don't worry about that. And Bev is finally like, but the cat and Walt's like the the kennel, it's too late to call them. And Luther's like, yeah, I will watch the cat. (laughs) and it was actually there's this really sad moment where Bev was like oh I think that I forgot the name of oh Benny yeah Benny yeah Bev says I think Benny is coming to visit tomorrow he said he might visit and Walt's like Bev let's be honest he hasn't visited in years and like that's so sad I'm like gonna cry right now just like thinking about it this like whole scene really hit me while watching it this time i don't know what it is maybe i'm just like fragile at the moment but <laughs> i was well, just it's like because it's like they're so 
nice. Bev is the yeah. sweetest woman. Yeah. They they haven't done anything wrong, and it's like they're alone. She's going yeah. through a health thing. Their son is like a selfish, spoiled asshole. Yeah, and it's just like, oh man. That stings. The look on her face, she's like on the verge of tears, like at the thought of going on this vacation. Like what a what like a beautiful experience to be able to have with like your spouse before like you know because you know she's going to pass away soon. Aww. Like it's just a beautiful gift for them to be able to have this like time together. Um in like mm-hmm. A beautiful location where they like don't have to worry about anything and just have like a break from their like very sad reality at the moment. It really makes me emotional thinking about it just because it's such a tragic situation. And Bev is just like the sweetest woman. She is. She's so yeah. so kind. Yeah. So they do eventually accept the offer and Luther leaves. He's like, I should go back to the party. And Walt follows him out and just says that it means so much and thanks him and asks if this means that they have to start being nice to each other from now on. And Luther's like, of course not. And Walt's like, because I still don't like you that much, old man. And he's like, that's good. I'm not fond of you either. So Luther heads back to the house and Walt runs back inside and it's just like, we got to start packing. (laughs) Yeah, and it also makes me happy to know because, like, obviously Walt's going to be alone. Oh. So, like, it's it's nice to know that even if it's all subtext and under the surface, him and Luther, like, now have this, like, more, I don't know, like, civil relationship that, like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if he needs to rely on somebody there, you know. There are people there, there for that. For him. Yeah. That's yeah. so you're really like reading between the lines right now. <laughs> it's like I just discovered empathy or something. Like I don't know yeah. what's <laughs> what's this feeling so sudden? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it but it, it really this movie hit me this time. Um yeah. but Luther is walking back to his house and he once again hears somebody calling his name so he looks up and it's fucking ned who was left on the roof all night poor poor ned (laughs) just like he's literally frozen stuck to frosty Mm -hmm. because vic pulled the ladder when blair got there and everyone forgot about him so this man is like literally pulling icicles from his nose and luther's like i'll get you down don't worry (laughs) meanwhile inside uh the burglar is burgling the crank house he's in their bedroom and you know just stealing from their drawers and spike walks in for some reason and is like you swore on your kids lives and the guy just goes what kids so spike runs downstairs calling for the cops while the burglar climbs out the bathroom window onto the roof so luther has gotten ned down from the roof sends him inside and that's when he spots the burglar like running across the roof of their garage so he's like hey get down from there so the burglar jumps onto the crank car and like falls down and drops his little bag of goodies and luther's like hey what's in that bag and the burglar stands up immediately whacked in the head by santa (sighs) classic so you know the cop comes out brings the burglar back into the cruiser and santa goes over to Luther and is like, I told you you could use an umbrella. 
It's Marty. Oh Marty was the Santa at the beginning of the movie. And Luther remembers at him. At Chip's Market. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, I remember you. And Marty's like, yeah, man, like, I got to run. This weather is too good for business. I can't pass it up. Uh, but thank you for the party. And Luther's like, oh, I'm sorry you have to work on Christmas Eve. And and Marty goes, Santa always has to work on Christmas Eve. Hops in his little Volkswagen bug and uh, drives off. And the last scene is Luther looking in at his family in their lovely little house. And Nora comes out to join him in the snow. She says that Bev just called and that maybe she was wrong about him. So he puts his arms around her and says this night is full of surprises. And they watch Blair and Enrique kiss inside. And they say skipping Christmas was a stupid idea. But Nora says, maybe next year. We pan out to see the whole neighborhood all lit up. One of the frosty statues waves and Marty and his VW bug, led by a reindeer, flies across the sky. Merry Christmas. So that's Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah. A very solid Christmas movie. I agree. I was kind of uncomfortable unsure when everyone was suggesting it i was like really christmas with the cranks yeah but you had your finger on the pulse yeah. guys yeah because this was a really good one a great way to start out too i agree yeah it's um it has like a great pace it's like the the storyline it all wraps up very well yeah um we have some great performances uh particularly by Jamie Lee Curtis, but also by Tim Allen and really everybody. It's a very strong like ensemble. Uh, I think Dan Aykroyd is really good as Vic Frommeyer. I enjoyed his performance too. But yeah, it's, a, it's very enjoyable. It's a very interesting look into uh, American suburban community. Certainly. And uh, uh, Christmas culture in uh, white America specifically because every single person in this movie is white. Yeah, that's like – so the movie starts off like pretty – weird where it's like you're not celebrating christmas you're not like it's just so much and everyone like treats them really badly <laughs> and it's creepy and like mm -hmm. a lot like very group think but then kind of like at the end of the day you you realize nora did want to celebrate christmas like it wasn't her idea and although the neighbors were incredibly overbearing and extra they did mm -hmm want to help yeah so i do think that if they had just literally like not wanted to partake in christmas like mm -hmm. if it was like they were jewish or something i don't think they would have been as insane although mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like there's anyone in their neighborhood who is not a white christian person yeah but yeah i think at the end of the day the community is so strong and they wanted to have their backs mm -hmm. so it did end up being good in the end mm -hmm. and i would also say that like luther is super selfish definitely so even though like the rest of the community is selfish they were like a selfish too yeah yeah definitely and i mean it's, it's interesting to look at how um i mean if you look at with christmas specifically like the commercialization of it and um what like the real meaning is like whether you're religious or not like i'm not religious but i celebrate christmas um mm -hmm. and it's for me like the importance of it is like my family and also like connecting to like my german heritage but um 
what we see throughout this movie is everybody kind of like shitting on the cranks for not participating in the commercial aspects of it. Yeah. But what brings them all together is not like any of the commercial aspects of Christmas. It's literally like about the quality time with family. Yeah. So I think it's, it's cool to watch the movie like bring us all back to like what Christmas is really about at the end of the day. And it's about like having that support system and like celebrating the love for the people in your life and like mm-hmm. expressing gratitude and, you know, all that kind of stuff um, away from the money and the presents and like all of that other stuff, which, you know, it is great, but doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of it. Yeah. And like, we do see throughout the movie too, it's like Nora's like volunteering at the soup kitchen. She she goes to read at the hospital, like things like that that actually mm-hmm. mean something to people who aren't yourself, like and that sense of community. Not that you should only do it like one time a year, but like yeah. like those are the things that are actually important. And I think that the film mm-hmm. does highlight that. Definitely. Yeah. Plus, it's just really great. Like yeah. <laughs> um Jamie Lee Curtis and Tim Allen as co-stars. Very great pairing, great casting. Oh, yeah. They play off each other super well. Totally. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I like this movie Mm because I just think Tim Allen's hilarious. It's Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) I know it's like so PG, but (laughs) his one-liners like in his like little riffs, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I don't know why an Irish restaurant has (laughs) fish tacos, shrimp tacos. Yeah, fish tacos. I'm feeling a little hard, but and you know what? I don't think I'm going to do that again. I'm just going to like start saying that in like life. And if anyone picks up the reference, then I know. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's really great. I, I'm glad that you guys picked it because uh, I don't know if we would have necessarily covered it um, otherwise, but we had a lot of requests. So we're happy to accommodate. A lot. All right. We have a very fun Christmas scale for you guys once again. So our first category is performances out of five how many christmas trees are you giving it for performances i'm gonna give it a solid 4.5 because it's really strong yeah yeah really strong performances yeah i think i'm gonna give it trying to think of our no i'm gonna i'm gonna judge it independently i'm not gonna think about what we have coming up um i'm also gonna give it a, a solid four and a half christmas trees um, thoroughly enjoyable, great performances. I mean, I could rave about Jamie Lee Curtis all day, but I won't, but I could, <laughs> uh, our next category, Christmas cheer, Christmas spirit. Ooh. Well, that's an interesting one with this movie, right? Because it's so anti-Christmas in the first half. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say three out of five Christmas trees. Took the words right out of my mouth. I'm also going with three. Oh. Wow, oh. we're on a streak. All right. We're in, we're in sync. With the, <laughs> the energy in the studio is palpable. Yes. And uh, our last category, story. Story. I'm giving it a five. I'm giving Whoa. it a five. Yeah, I like wow. the story a lot. I do like the story. I think I am going to give it a four. Mm-hmm. Just because while I do enjoy it, it's not like my all-time favorite. And also like you know, there's less Christmas cheer in it for me to I grab I think that's onto. why I like the story because it it does have that yeah. dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love an anti-Christmas Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a good time. Highly recommend giving it a little rewatch. Uh, if mm-hmm. you are in Canada, you can rent it on Amazon Prime. 
And if you're in the U.S., you can also rent it on Amazon Prime. Lo- would love a streaming service to have this available, but yeah, alas. Someone pick it up. You know, yeah. it's, this, it's the time. We're, we're looking at you, Monica. Get <laughs> Peacock or Paramount or whatever the hell to pick it up. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, we are so excited for our upcoming movies that you guys have selected for us. Absolutely. Be on the lookout for our gift guides. We have some really fun things yes. in store. And where can you find that? Oh my God, when you follow us on Instagram, it's Movies That Raised Us. You can also follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. And you can follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us pod. Christina is popping out of me with some TikToks <laughs> left and right. Oh, thank you. Or if you want a little bit more of like a long-formed forum to voice your thoughts and opinions, please give us an email at movies that raised us at gmail.com. And if you have any movie requests, you can always feel free to fill out the form that we have set up. Uh, we haven't really planned our 2022 movies yet, so this is a great time to get your yeah. recs in. Totally, totally. Because this year was so busy, but mm-hmm. open book next year. So Yes, yes. And we will see you next week for our next episode of 25 Days of Y2 Christmas. Yay. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.